So, bottom line is this. I'm trying to run a city. We've got hundreds of municipal leaders around this state, in towns and villages, cities, county offices, who are trying to build local economies, strengthen jobs, and do the right thing for the people that they serve. We got tens of thousands of Wisconsin business owners who are working diligently and really not asking for any special favors like a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollars from the state government for each job that, that they've created. So here we are trying to manage our municipalities, trying to manage our businesses, and we are continually undermined by state government. Let's go back over some principles that are well established, and these are not findings driven by political ideology. These are findings that are the result of research by conservative organizations that study economies and how jobs are developed. So, that said, new jobs are created by small businesses. New jobs are created by people who start out as small entrepreneurs. New jobs are generally created in smaller communities. Do not hold out large tax incentive packages in a race to the bottom to create employment. Or if you do, you get what we're getting in Wisconsin, which is a cost to the taxpayers of at least $200,000 per job and no guarantee that will ever be replaced. Now, if you got a 9 o'clock class and you slept in till noon, you can't go back and undo it. You miss the class. If you've got an 810 bus to catch to get to work and you stumble to the bus stop at 10 o'clock in the morning, you've missed the bus. So when you've got a state government that's been asleep for six or seven years, suddenly they're confronted with these challenges of building an economy and unfortunately, in some instances, it's too late. And what we're seeing here is an effort to buy our way out of the problem. I want to repeat that this practice of providing hundreds of thousands of dollars per job is undermining every honest business in this state. Now, raises a question, what could or should this kind of money have been done, used for? How could this have been utilized to really build a Wisconsin economy? Well, first of all, in every region of the state, there could be accelerators like Starting Block. In every region of the state, there can be food hubs. That is, after all, one of the most important parts of the Wisconsin economy, 
agriculture. And certainly the entire state needs broadband, high-speed broadband. And let me point out that we're not just talking about download speed for gamers or watching Netflix. We're talking about what's critical to business, which is upload speed and the ability to reach customers. We need to link our industries with a changing environment. For example, anyone who's familiar with the insurance industry knows that today's modern insurance company is working very closely with the availability of open source data, is working with satellites. So here we are trying to build an economy, trying to get the trained workforce that employers desperately need, trying to fix the mismatch between the job skills and the demands of these companies. And we are now mortgaging the future for our children and our grandchildren. Millennials ought to be furious. There's been a lot of nonsense. There's been a lot of nonsense about the cost of the $200,000 per job. It's been done with mirrors, smoke. But the real price for this is going to be paid by successive generations, both because of the waste of the money and also because of how it could have been spent. How it could have been spent on, as I'd mentioned before, accelerators, food hubs, broadband, roads, education. If some business in Madison, if some business in Madison comes to us and says, we want 100,000, 150, 200,000, which is now the bar that's been set by the state government, we're going to simply have to tell them, no mas. We might be able to do a TIF. We might be able to do something in the vicinity of six, eight, ten thousand $10,000 per job. But we are not going to be able, and we will not be a party to a state government that is persistent in mortgaging future generations. So that's what I have to say about that. Weren't you critical of the governor, though, for the Oscar Mayer project not getting some kind of financial package? For not paying attention. Yeah. Not a financial package. Well, how would you have kept For not paying attention. How else would you keep coming in the city? Pardon? How else would you keep him in the city? Like, how else would you have been able to keep Oscar Mayer other than financial packages? I'm not saying that you have to have a financial package. I'm not arguing financial packages. I'm telling you that the answer is lies in a different question than the one you're answering. It's preparing for the future. Can you go a little bit further into just what, what should have been done differently, perhaps, or how would you be more prepared? I believe that we did what was necessary in that situation. 
We suspected that because you traditionally see job cuts and job reductions when consolidations of large companies take place, that you go to the businesses and you find out what they need. You ask them those questions. It's exactly what the city of Madison did. The state did nothing. Same thing it did with Kimberly Clark. Nothing. Not till the last moment here, and now $200,000 per job. Meyer had said we need $200,000 per job to stay. Would you have supported that? No. Absolutely not. And if you're doing the right thing in other aspects of the economy, you can absorb it. How, what's our unemployment? The biggest private company in the history of this city for a century has closed its doors. We're less than a year out. And what's our unemployment? If you're paying attention to the future, if you're paying attention to a changing economy, if you're paying attention to changes in technology, if you know where to invest, then you'll be successful. If you sleep through the bus, if you sleep through class, if you aren't paying attention, then you're going to be writing out checks of $200,000 per job. In the meantime, for a far more modest cost, the kinds of things I outlined before, what you could then have is more robust jobs, a more robust economy, and all that wealth, all the profits, don't go out of state, let alone overseas. Imagine if we could create another 10, 20, 30,000 jobs throughout Wisconsin in businesses started by Wisconsin entrepreneurs. Anything on the state's current law, the seven cents on the dollar, do, do you feel like that's enough or not enough? Uh, Say that again. The governor's talking about this 200,000 is coming from the 17 cents on a dollar. You would need to increase the amount right. of money we'd give. Um, it's currently seven cents. Is that enough? Is that not enough? Is that too much? What do you think about the current law on that, um, uh, on how much we give to companies for tax credits? I wouldn't go anywhere higher than the current law. But but my my, my dispute is not over seven, eight, or nine, or ten cents. My dispute is, are you offering tax incentives, or are you doing something more intelligent? which is growing an economy for the future through developing a trained workforce, providing that broadband connectivity. Are you working with industries with the latest practices? You know, to what degree did the governor bring in over the last six years the U.S. forest product laboratories? What kind of work is the state doing to help use that as a center of building an economy around forestry? That's what's happening in other parts of the United States. Center for Disease Control in Atlanta. 
there's a whole bevy of industries built up around dealing with, with health and, and, and the challenges of disease. Concern for you that this becomes then the precedent for offers to companies like that Fox is, Found? That, that 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 this be a, a precedent is is the most serious part of the challenge. I mean, it's one disaster to have wasted all of this money on one company at such an outrageous price. But as I said at the time of Foxconn, it's not just a bad deal, but it sets the floor for all future discussions that we're now going to be faced with this kind of expenditure the next time some business comes along and, and we're talking jobs. Has that business already come along? It's Kimberly-Clark. Well, in the city of Madison, have you guys seen that with any companies? We've had businesses come along, but fortunately we've had a different kind of dialogue and a different kind of discussion. Exact sciences. Yes, we did a TIFF. And look what we got for it. It's a concern, but you, even since Foxconn, which was last summer, you, you're not seeing so far within the last six months companies coming forward with their. I think out. I think companies, I think companies know. They know better than to expect the city of Madison to to engage uh, in this kind of of primitive economics. But, I mean, obviously, Nina and Madison, Wisconsin are two different cities. I mean, is this somewhat of an inevitable for, you know, smaller, more rural cities in Wisconsin? I don't think it's inevitable. I don't think it's inevitable if somebody had been paying attention. If someone had been paying attention three, four, five years ago, the discussions had been held then, it would be a very different matter. If they had made those investments of what you had just said in agriculture, if, if, if more work had been done in regards to education, in regards to broadband, in terms of transportation, and in this particular industry, uh, in terms of, of working on everything um, from uh, nanocellular uh, technologies to simply asking the corporate executives what is it you're looking for besides outrageous outrageous handouts? And can you just kind of elaborate on, you know, what, what's the role of a local government in, in making these things successful for businesses? Local governments are very limited, and I think it's fortunate, in what we can do financially. Because we're just about limited to TIFs. There's not much more that we can do. But in terms of setting the environment, in terms of working to develop, in terms of working to develop that skilled workforce, in terms of creating the kind of place. I mean, keep this in mind. When a CEO is thinking of locating a business, the first thing they're asking is not about taxes. The first thing they're asking, is this a community where I want to raise my family? Is this the community that's going to set a standard where I can attract employees who meet my job requirements? And then what we're going to be looking for is good schools, a clean environment. 
recreational activities. That's that's what what they're going to be looking for. You know, taxes are down there, number five, six, seven, on on the on the critical lists of what attracts businesses. Number one, do I have access to an intelligent, trained workforce? And with that comes the education, and with that comes the other amenities and, and the environmental issues. I mean, it's, 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 these are practices that are so old and so well known. It's, it's just incomprehensible that we've got leaders in state government who don't get it. And, and, and that they're mortgaging the future for, for not one but two generations is, 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 is truly tragic. And, and so, you know, going back to your question about, you know, is 7% or 17% appropriate? We shouldn't get trapped in that discussion. And, and if I was a resident of a community that was about to lose 200 or 400 jobs, I'd, I'd be asking, what's going on with my local economy? Will we be able to absorb it? Are there alternatives? Have the leaders been working to de develop a solid economic base with, with sustainable wages? Those are the kinds of questions, because the world, this is going to continue to happen. We've known for ages, not ages, we've known for 30 years, that the demand for paper was going to subside, was going to shrink. That didn't mean that there had to be a drop in the demand for wood-based products. We've known for years that a city like Madison could not depend on the private sector like one employer, on one employer like Oscar Mayer. And so going back to the 70s, we started working on diversifying the economy. And, and that you, you see that in so many different ways, the development of the University Research Park, Park the encouragement of, of small companies like, like Epic. Those are all concerns uh, that need to be addressed. Yeah, I mean, this, this strikes me as like a, uh, you're, you're almost making a statement here as a candidate for governor. Can you speak to that idea at all, just well, you're here in the city office? You know, the state makes decisions like this, and it has a profound impact on what we do as municipalities. And we got a governor that's been thoroughly trashing this city for most of his career. And I've been mayor during that, that period of time. I've had to put up with it. I've, I've had to listen to the broken promises. I've had to sit there and watch the debate between Republicans, between Robin Voss and the governor on transportation. We're desperately trying to expand our public transit system. Our buses are at capacity. We need some assistance. 
And we've got a state leadership that is undermining us. We're dealing with, I mean, I could go on and on with all these municipal issues. And I'm not going to be silenced as the mayor of this community by his trashing Madison and or, or, or myself. And I'm certainly, when he undermines our economy, I'm certainly going to speak up. I mean, when he, he, he did this Foxconn deal, it, it hurt the entire state. And I said at the time, all it's going to do is create an additional demand for that kind of subsidization. Didn't know it would come within less than six months of the Foxconn deal, but here it is. What do you do if this has become a new national precedent, though? I mean, you see this going on with, you know, Amazon is thinking of, of building new new factories. You know, um, you know, if you were to be governor, you're, you're, you know, you know you're, you're, you're absolutely right in raising the question that, you know, are we going to start seeing this competition from state to state? Uh, first, you know, Madison submitted a proposal, and in it we made very clear as we spoke about the attributes of locating in Madison and Wisconsin, we made it very clear that we were going to not open up a checkbook uh, and get into that kind of a bidding war. And there's quite a number of other cities that sent that message to Amazon. Uh, some cities, I can't recall which ones, specifically said, we are not going to even make a submission. Other cities uh, who truly were in the hunt said, in effect, what we'd have said, yes, we're going to tell you about our attributes, about our transportation systems. We'll tell you about uh, our environmental standards and uh, our transportation systems, but we are not going to run away uh, with an enormous subsidy to bring you here. And I, I wouldn't be surprised whoever ends up among the finalists, um, if they're as good a city to become the finalists, they probably are not going to write out an enormous check. Hopefully they won't. Yeah. Uh, a little different topic. I believe you're planning on speaking on this tonight, but could you just kind of talk, speak to your uh, moratorium on the liquor license? If you want to buy, if you want to buy liquor, go into the store, show your ID, make it clear who you are, uh, in the bright lights, not in the shadows of a car. I think you were asking about the. Um, larger spread over the, the west side of the city, um, not granting new, new liquor licenses. Yeah, that yeah. not granting oh, new licenses. Oh, that's not on tonight's agenda. That's not on tonight's agenda. Okay. So. Anything else? Okay. Thank you. <laughs>